people at Big Sky Cigar, based out of Montana, got to admit, they do some weirdo and interesting sticks. Had the cryptid at home the other day, C-R-Y-P-T-I-D. Thought it was just excellent. They are, like, hugely known or popular for their Mad Minnow, which is this tiny little stick you feel like is totally misshapen, but brings some solid flavor. And then they've got the bitter root, which, well, just based on its explanation versus what we know the cigar is made of, doesn't make any sense at all. And that's why we're trying it. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. BigSkyCigar.com. This is the Bitter Root. It is a 6x54 with a Habano wrapper. Six meaning six inches long. Tee-hee. Always makes fingers from I laugh. And 54 is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, or how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter, a 64 ring gauge would be a full inch around. Now, this is a Habano wrapper. And whenever I smoke Habano wrappers, I'm expecting something bigger, something stronger, something spicier. Yet everybody who has described the cigar to me is like, no, 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 it's a bit of sweetness. And it's got a little bit of wood going on uh, with it. Some toasted nuts. I'm like, wait, that doesn't make any sense at all. So I'm very curious as to what the cigar is going to bring. Nicaraguan in the binder and the filler. And we have not even lit this up, Fingers Malloy. But it does feel good in the hand. It does feel good in the hand. And, you know, you pick this cigar and you handed it to me. And out of the corner of my eye, I I saw the shade of the wrapper and I thought we were doing a Connecticut today. Right? It is a little paler than one would expect. But the, the wrapper, while, you, while it's certainly not totally smooth, there's a little bit of oil in that. Yeah. And in that, it's, I mean, it's just enough to make you know that it's there. But there is some heft to this 6x54 smoke. No, it does feel great in the hand. We have not uh, lit it yet. You're, you're lighting yours right now. As we speak. And uh, did you get anything off the cold draw? So, uh, again, I've been trying the cold draw, and the cold draw was totally floral. It didn't make any sense to what I normally get out of Habano. Now, maybe it's just a question of what they've been doing in binder and filler. It's a question of how other... Uh, people do it. Maybe it's just this specific one. I don't have an answer there. But it's one of the reasons you got to smoke all the things. Expand out your palate. So toasted the foot at the first, right? So that's the end you light, the foot. The cap end is the end that you cut. And I do like to extra toast it. I want to see it glow that orange. And then I want to see the remainder be that white. And then light it and take a puff. He's going in. He's taking a puff. You know, to me, Tony, on the cold draw, there was a uh, uh, the floral that you mentioned. Also, there's a little bit of sweetness I couldn't put my finger like on. Like a stickle? A stickle of sweetness, which, by the way, was the name of my uh, folk band in the 90s. Stickle of sweetness, yes. right. Right. I, I caught them on a mighty wind. <laughs> I have been impressed with the construction of what Big Sky does and with the the breadth of what they're, they're doing. Now, this is a small cigar outfit based out of Montana. I'm not even 100% sure who they're working with. It's one of the things that I would like to know. Who is it that they're they're putting together these cigars with? How are they getting everything done? But I dig the marketing. I dig the presentation. And this bitter root, it's actually kind of 
rightly named because that to me is not a sweetness. That is a that there's this wood that exists on the middle tongue that is just hanging there. It's not bad. It's just it's a mix of hay and grass and it's cedar wood and and I would say there isn't really a nuttiness going on off the first on the cigar. Yeah, and the other thing too is I I do get a pepper spice uh, but it's just at the front of the mouth. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just, a, you know, on the lips and maybe a little bit at the tip of the tongue. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is this is an unusual smoke. It, you know, we just lit it, uh, and uh, there's a lot of uh, good, pleasant smoke coming off of this, this it's stick. It's also burning very well. It also yeah. has an absolutely perfect draw. Not, not an, an issue with construction from, from the first light whatsoever. And when you're, when you're figuring out like what kind of flavors it has, you want to break the cigar into thirds. The first third, the second third, and the final third. Get out your notebook. Any notebook will do, although we should have Eat, Drink, Smoke notebooks by this stage of the game. Where is our marketing department on this? Uh, we, we, we're, we're working on it. <laughs> we don't have a marketing department, do we? I was talking about that. We're uh, working on oh, the marketing, that, you were marketing, marketing department. department. Yeah. Fine. What did you eat that day? What did you drink that day? It's starting to get cold and rainy. There's a little bit of hail going on in Indianapolis as we record the show today. Indianapolis, Indiana. We're here at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com. Um, all those things will affect how it is you take the cigar, how it is you feel about it, the flavors that you get from it. I think this is a properly named. This is not a cigar I would give to somebody who's just starting. The flavor here isn't enough pronounced to the standard parts of your palate to make you engage. I think you have to have done this for a while. I'm not saying this is heavy. There's nothing heavy about it. This is playing in the mediums for me, for sure. But man, is it resting on the middle. Like, like not the middle of the tongue, the center trough of the tongue from front to back. That It's just resting there, that flavor, yeah. which is a touch wood, touch hay, touch bitter. There's a crispness to it. Um, as well, it to, to me it. I would, that is true. That is true. It's a brighter cigar. Yeah, yeah. That that's a better descriptor. Uh, but I, I'm not getting that sweetness that you you were you were talking about. Uh, I'm totally with you. I'm not getting it either. That's the whole point. Now you, it's interesting that you got some spice. I I, I haven't yet. That may come. That may build. But that's just it. How other, how everybody experiences the cigar is different how we're experiencing it and and fingers and i have somewhat uh parallel and then uh, a, a taste and then we have some divergent ones especially on the idea of big bold pepper and whether it's white pepper black pepper red pepper and and how much you want of that this is smoking clean though yeah it's just hanging on the tongue sometimes i talk about it filling the cheeks the flavor no 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 no, no. it's just right there and it's not going away. I'm desperate to see where the second third is. And then, is this in your humidor, the 6x54, the Big Sky Cigars, Big Sky Bitterroot, is this in your humidor at $10 a stick? Look, we're in the very beginning stages of the review. Uh, you know, we, we got to get through the uh, at least the, the first third before I make a decision on it. But so far, I, I'm thinking yes. I'm, I'm a, a push... A, a, would a would one of these be in there? Sure, it's a box of them in there. Ooh, I don't, I don't know. 
But this is just it. Like, they do some other things that are way more chocolatey and coffee, and this is so far removed uh, from that. And that they're able to, for such a young company, be able to kind of hit these places. Really, really unique. Big Sky Cigars. This is the Bitterroot Toro, the 6x54 out of Nicaragua. You could change a pace stick for them. See, that's just it. They're too new for me to know what their standardized is to figure out whether or not this is something that's like an interesting offshoot. Is it an offshoot for us? Yes. Most definitely. And I like gray, grasses and haze and things like that. We'll dig into more of it. No matter what they say on Wall Street, Midwest Main Street knows there's a problem in the economy. And everybody has been changing patterns buying patterns, spending patterns because of it. Some of them based some of those changes are based on your own economics. Some of those changes are because you can't find eggs. And if you can find eggs, you're taking out a second mortgage to buy the eggs. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm actually financing an omelet over 30 years. It's, it's nice. <laughs> That's nice. You might want to do a reverse mortgage on that. <laughs> Get the omelet up front is, is the key. Because of this, trends are changing. So, for example, right now, based on the data from YouGov, which is a market research and a data analytics firm, the favorite grocery store of the moment is Aldi, which is a German chain, 2,300 locations across the United States. Not the brand name stuff, but the stuff you can't afford. Yeah. And... And people I, like it. I, I love Aldi. There are things I don't like about Aldi. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of bringing my own grocery uh, bags into the store. My wife's been doing that for a decade. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, she's into that. Oh. She loves Mother Gaia, not you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> the earth. Oh. It means the earth. <laughs> Sweet Mother Gaia. Uh, wow. Uh, you learn something new every day on Eat, Drink, Smoke. Uh, but... Where every day is Earth Day. <laughs> uh, I'm not crazy about that, but I've noticed it feels like over the past 10 years, the, the quality of produce, the quality of products at Aldi has gotten a lot better. It, that used to be the place I felt like it was a lot of discount stuff. Yeah, we have a weird thing in America about the idea of ugly food. Fruits and vegetables that are misshapen or look a little not like the picture-perfect norm, we discard those. It's, it is kind of crazy, and there are now whole businesses that are like sprouting up based on the idea of, dude, it's food, and it's good. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, Aldi, to me, when you would go in there, it felt like you were in a movie, like you would go in the cereal aisle and you'd see a box that looked like Captain Crunch, but it wasn't Captain Crunch. It was something else. It's like okay, Major these, Crunk. Yeah. It's like, are these things real? It, it's it, like Let's Potato Chips. If you watch TV, it's one of the TV brands. L-E-T apostrophe S. So if you watch old episodes of Community and then you see, I, I watch some other shows, the brand of potato chips is Let's. I've never noticed that oh, before. Yeah. Is that is does that tie into Mother Goya at all? What was it, Mother no, Goya? It's no. Mother Gaia. Mother Gaia. No, Goya makes the beans. Oh, okay. Gaia is the earth. Oh, so Goya I can get at Aldi. Yo, probably, probably. I, people ha are are changing so many things, and I haven't noticed the quality of of, of the produce because I don't know the last time I've actually done the shopping. 
Oh, I, I just, love grocery shopping. Do you? Oh, as, especially with my schedule, there are times when I go to the grocery store at 11.30 at night or 6.30 in the morning when it's dead and they're kind of stocking the shelves. So they're in, way, in the way a little bit, but it's it's nice and calm and peaceful and I got my earbuds in and it's just a nice experience. It's calming. Your, your view of tranquility <laughs> Is a wee bit different than mine, but I, by the way, I shouldn't say it's been a while since I've been in an Aldi because of the kids' schedule and everything else. We're usually in a supermarket on Saturdays, but here it's Kroger, right? Mm. So that that usually happens quite a bit, and so I haven't been in an Aldi in a good long time, so I can't comment to the quality of their produce. I can comment to the prices of things, which are nuts. And I talk about that egg thing; the eggs are crazy, yeah, crazy, and of course that has an impact on. Many of the things you buy at the grocery store because that they have eggs in the, in the product. So. so part of it is is uh, shipping and part of it is trucking. Part of it is also we've had a lot of avian flu, which has taken out a lot of uh, the the chicken. Was it crop? What is it? the the flock? The flock? The the flock is has been a bit decimated. Well, we can't say herd. No, it wouldn't be herd. Would herd of birds. Nor That's would it be a herd. gaggle. Nor would it be a murder because murder is crows. It's a murder of crows. Murder is crows is one of the best Yardbirds albums. Right, you, you gotta get the cousins of Counting Crows. <laughs> yes, uh, but I, I, I thought I saw a number. It was something ridiculous, like forty-seven million birds were oh, because of avian because avian uh, flew. I think I might be right. So yeah, kills right. They had yeah, to be destroyed. Yeah, they had to be destroyed over just a little, over a little cough. I don't. I, it might it might affect us a little differently oh. than that. Enter rent the chicken. Hmm? People are renting chickens so they can that you can rent the the two or the four egg producing hens for up to six months and and the coop and and everything else and then you have chickens. It's five hundred seventy five dollars for a six month rental. Oh, uh, I I actually tried this once. I got scammed because I'm am a city boy. I'm not country folk. It's like I, I want to get some chickens for for eggs. Got roosters. Didn't know. You worked hard on that joke, didn't you? At least three seconds. How do you feel about the landing? Uh, it was a hard landing. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we review this? Can we review this like we're Sports Center? <laughs> You're gonna get the telestrator out, right? We're the Russian judge at the Olympics. You want to talk about that landing? See if you see if you stuck there. Did you take that stumble forward? You could have given me the courtesy radio laugh. <laughs> could have given me that. I believe in total honesty oh, with Eat Drink Smoke Nation. That's yeah, what I believe. Is. But can you imagine? I, I wonder if you're going to start seeing homeowners associations uh, clamp down on, on this sort of behavior. If they're going to be breaking some city ordinances by bringing in your chicken coop in the backyard. This is happening in Los Angeles. Uh, and uh, they uh, will deliver to, to vast areas all the way up through Santa Clarita. Um, conceptually, I love it. I absolutely, positively love this thing. So how many eggs does one chicken produce? Nine million. Wow. I believe. Uh, look, uh, that may not be science. Oh, right there. I, be I believe it says uh, in the piece that... Does it discuss how many eggs? Yes. Two chickens on average will produce eight to 14 eggs per week, while four chickens, Tony, will produce 16 to 28 eggs per week. You mean they doubled? 
Yes. Double the amount of chickens. What an age we live in. Double the amount of eggs. <laughs> How many is it? Six to eight to 14 eggs. Well, for two chickens. For two chickens. Yeah, eight eggs would not be enough. Eight eggs would not be enough. But if you're, you do, can you stockpile an egg? Like, would an egg be good six months later? Six months later? Yeah, I don't know. You can't, you can't wait an, six months on an egg. No, but I, I, I think that they, if you put them in the refrigerator, they last for, what, three weeks? I'm saying that my family, family of four, mm-hmm. definitely goes through 14 eggs a week without question. It's not even a debate. So this, I don't know if this is going to work for me. Oh, for me, do you really notice the difference between farm fresh eggs that you get at, say, a farmer's market and the stuff you get at a grocery store? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I have no... I can't... Can you? No. You kidding me? I, I get half of my meals from a gas station. Do you think I really notice the difference? <laughs> see, that, that's authentic. Oh, that see. laugh. Okay. Oh, thank you. Is authentic right there. Find everything we do at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. It's not that we're not happy with this Big Sky Bitterroot, the cigar from Big Sky Cigars, the Toro, the 6x54. Smoking beautifully. It's just that flavor was not what we expected. Haze and grasses, and for me, a building pepper, for Fingers Malloy, a waning pepper, sitting in the middle of the tongue. It was so different than we expected. We said, something's missing. Because I've enjoyed many Big Sky cigars. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Do you think that's what's messing with us? Say if we just got this stick presented to us, and we didn't have our smartphones in front of us. We didn't have our computers. So he said, here's a Big Sky. Why don't you give it a try? Nope, I'd be in the same space. You would be? 100%. 100% I'd be in the same space. Uh, you know... All right, your question is, if other people hadn't talked about the sweetness factor, would I think that it's missing? Maybe not, but I would still say that this cigar is screaming for coffee. More than bourbon, more than a rye, certainly not a rum, this cigar is 1,000%, 1,000% screaming for coffee. So what Fingers Malone did is we said, hey, let's test out the theory. I have in front of me an espresso. Perfectly poured, perfect froth. You have a French press right there that you have just poured into your cup. You have done the plunge. You guys know what a French press is. That's where you let the coffee ground steep like you would a tea. Then you push down slowly on the plunger. You don't want those grounds getting into your coffee. And then you pour it out. What you get is more of the oils than, let's say, a drip that has a paper filter that's collecting the oils. And you're getting much more of the true flavor of the coffee. Yeah. And you're making me drink this in a way I normally don't drink. I put a lot of schmutz. Yeah, you're a big schmutzy in the, co- in yeah, the coffee. I, I like the, the coffee with schmutz. But the question here is, if we paired this with coffee, remember, if it grows together, it goes together. So you're getting grasses and you're getting haze and, and, and really not, not necessarily anything nutty, this, this, this wood. Is there anything in the coffee where often you'll, you'll get cherry notes or, or other floral notes? Is there anything that would combine? So Fingers Malloy going with black coffee. I'm going with an espresso. I want to see if this connects. It's not always about bourbon and rye, guys. It's not, there might be a really interesting wine pairing with this cigar. I was thinking a stout. You'd go a beer with this thing? Well, I, 
You. I'm Fingers Malloy. <laughs> America's favorite amateur drinker. So Here we go. Doing doing an espresso. Black. Going. No no sugar, no nothing. No sugar, no nothing. Going with the espresso. He's doing the Memphis Munch. Stop it. <laughs> oh, that's delicious. Yeah? That's that's delicious. So how did that influence the cigar? Oh, brought down the spice by 400 billion percent. <laughs> It's weird, you know, it, we, we've been drinking water with the, with the cigar, and we have some Diet Coke because it, it's a very clean finish and doesn't really affect the flavor of the cigar. This kind of wiped the tongue clean. So wipe that flavor clean. And, and the espresso itself, hold on a second, I'm going back in. So it's like a coffee sorbet? There's a, there's a good cocoa note going on on this espresso. And it may be like, like an underpinning of cherry. And that's nice. I'm not. I'm not putting anything in it. I'm doing this. Okay. Oh wait, that's that's cool. It's amazing how a pairing can totally and completely change your thoughts on. Like how a cube can completely change a bourbon. Yeah. All right, go for it. Go, for, right, go for it in. with the coffee. He's got in. the the big cup of the black coffee. You see the steam coming right off of it right there. He's taking the sip. He burns his tongue, ladies and gentlemen. And now take a puff of the cigar. And where are you at? Tastes like coffee. <laughs> so you're the worst. No, it, to me, it, this is weird. And it, it, it may just be the influence of the coffee. Maybe I need to take another puff. It brought out floral in this. Did it really? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not necessarily getting that. But the, but the, but the heavy... The, the heaviness of the wood and grass flavors has has become more muted in a lovely, super lovely way. Okay, now we had read some reviews and we, we talked about it briefly about uh, caramel sweetness. It did bring out caramel for me. The coffee did. Interesting. I, I can't say that it did for me, but I'll tell you what, with the coffee, the black espresso... It's a more enjoyable stick. Yeah. The Big Sky a Bitterroot. It's a more enjoyable stick. This, this now becomes a morning stick. I'll could you, you or could you not see this on a morning spring day? Yes, and I can tell you something else about the cigar. It's making me enjoy black coffee more because I'm not a black coffee guy. Yeah, I, I'm not either. That is really cool how these two things are playing off each other. Because I would tell, I will tell you, as a, as a standard stick, as I standard smoke, the bitter root. Uh, there are some big sky cigars that yes, I really enjoy. The bitter root would not be for me. This pairing with the coffee, perfect. I could totally see myself on a nice wow. spring day, in the morning, grabbing myself a cup of coffee and sitting on my back deck and enjoying a bitter root. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Ain't that something? And at ten dollars a stick. And at ten dollars a stick. Yeah, now the stick is in my humidor because I know what to do with it, which is why you have to try. You have to try things. You have to pair things differently. You have to share things differently. It's a must. There's no way you know what your palate is unless you're out there experimenting with the things for your palate. Just can't be done. Well, Fingers found a story. A story about uh, a, a writer who asked 300,000 people to share the tiny habits 
that changed their lives the most. This is over there at CNBC. Cigars? Is that on the list? Uh, um, here are their top four answers. Cigars should be it. Number one, saying no. It's so true. I mean, that's you found the list, and we're always talking about lists, and we usually mock the list. That's not. That's absolutely right. The importance of saying no sometimes. I can't fit that into my life. It, I don't want to be around it that. It took me way too long to be able to say no to people. I have always been a people pleaser, but as I've aged, I've realized the value of the word no and how it can simplify your life in ways that you didn't really think 15 years ago uh, it may have, and that's absolutely right. The second thing on this list is practicing gratitude, which involves a little bit of introspection, which in involves not taking a look at what other people have or whatever they post on social media. It's about taking stock, which is extremely important because practicing gratitude really has got to get into the idea of purpose. And do you feel that your life has purpose? Does it have a value? Does it have an importance? It's something that you strive to do, strive to be for yourself, for, for, for others perhaps, that and that also brings in the gratitude part. This is also absolutely correct. Yeah, and between that and also the only thing you should really should be competing with is yourself and not worrying about other people and their success. And because if you're if you're obsessing on that, you're you're taking away energy that could be used to making yourself a better person. And that's that is that is not touchy feely, that is not new age. I mean, we experience it all the time. You know, we, we do radio, we make content, and there are people who are more successful. There are people who are less successful. If we're talking about whether it's the amount of downloads or dollars and cents, that is not how we judge. That is not how we do it. Are we enjoying the thing that we do? Are we building the thing that we do the way we want to build it? And at the end of the day, are we like, yeah, that was fun, right? That's, that's the guideline right there. Do we make money? Yes, we do. Is it important? Absolutely it is. But is it the end all for us? And by the way, that could also be a function of age. Yes. Right? Absolutely. I, I You know I what you did agree. at 23 might be different than what you do now at 83. Right. Because you're 83 years old. There are days like today. <laughs> I walk like an 83 year old man. Yeah. What is going on with you? I got tendonitis in both Achilles tendons. So what? Yeah. So and I got to see a doctor about it. So there's swelling there, and I, I once I get walking, once I get the motor going, it's okay. But those oh. first those first 15 steps, if I've been sitting down for a while, it's not good. That's why you need the Big Sky Bitterroot cigar and some coffee. See, drink, smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. I love finding something we've never seen before. I love finding something where, where the bartender says, yeah, we just got this in. I don't know anything about it. That's exactly the kind of treasure we look for here at Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy Black Saddle Bourbon. I got it right, right? Black Saddle Bourbon Whiskey. This comes out of Frank Dash Lynn. It's, I don't know if that's a distributor or if that's the people who make it. We're pretty sure it comes out of California, and it comes in at 90 proof. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, Fingers Malloy. No. no over 100 proof uh, for you uh, right there. This is kind of interesting in terms of the look. The bottle is this beautiful kind of squat decanter looking kind of thing. Got the cowboy hat on it. Gives you all the, the cowboy hats on the top. And then it's got the, it's got, was that the cowboy? Yeah, it's a cowboy hat. And then it's got the saddle on it. So it's a great look, a very Western kind of look to it. 12-year bourbon. They've got the age statement right on their fingers, Malloy. And the look of this thing, classic bourbon, right? That's that's a nice uh, bit of, of, of honey look to it, a touch of maybe amber into it in the glass, and a nice bit of viscosity sticking to the glass all the way around, fingers, Malloy. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to disagree with you on the label. That's not a cowboy hat up top? I, I think it's a black saddle. That's on the, on the main bottle. I'm talking about up top. Up top. Up I top. thought the whole thing was a black saddle. Maybe it is. A, that's interesting. Oh, no, that is a black saddle. You're right. It's a saddle. There's no cowboy hat. Skip the hat. Go to the saddle. Right? That's kind of like uh, save a horse, ride a cowboy. Exactly. I, uh, John Rich, good man, by the way, makes the Redneck Riviera. Uh, this is a beautiful, beautiful nose. Ooh. It's a bit of oak. Floral, it's a good bit of sweetness. There is a touch of floral in there. I, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. It is a very pleasing, pleasing nose right there. Now, uh, swirling it around on the glass, not really sticking to the glass. All uh, see, that much. I caught it as as definitely sticking to the glass. What are you talking about? Look at that! Look at that right there. It's dripping down. What is wrong with you? Maybe you got one of them fancy no stick glasses. Well, that's what I ordered. <laughs> but that is a nice nose. Yeah. That is a nice nose. And 12-year. I mean, that's just what hiding out there, a 12-year bourbon no one knows about. I, just, I, I have a hard time with that. But you're right. That nose does have a little bit of floral to it, but does have an oak to it. It is not, it is not brutal. It is just wonderfully appealing. Yeah, it, it, is, it is wonderful. Not overpowering. No ethanol, none on the nose at all. None. Uh, listen, uh, the time for talk is over. Fingers, boy. The, the time for drinking. Are you ready for this? Is nigh. Yes, Tony. I've been ready for this all day. We start it neat, of course, and we do the Kentucky Chew. Move it around the palate, kind of get a sense of what you're looking at. Sometimes you want to do a second sip. First sip to set the taste buds. Second sip to really get the flavors of this from Frank-Lynn Distillers, uh, the Black Saddle Bourbon 12-year. Where are you at, Fingers? That is nice. Okay, so there's a little bit of apple. There's some citrus to it and oak. Uh, there is barely a sting on the tongue, and I hesitate once again to even mention anything in the chest because apparently I've been told over and over again that I'm dead inside. I feel nothing in the chest, but there's a little bit of, of sting that lingers on the tongue. It's it's nice. It's very nice. All right, I'm going in. I'm going in to the Black Saddle Bourbon Whiskey. 90 proof, 12 years. Start it neat. Here I go, Fingers Malloy. Here he goes, Fingers Malloy. He's going in. He's doing the Memphis Munch. He's, he's, he's continuing to do the Memphis Munch. And this is interesting. I don't usually see him go this long uh, you oh, know, that on the palate. Sweet. Wow. Little sting on, on the tongue. A touch of heat. 
center chest. Oh, you can feel that in the cheeks. Oh, that's delicious. That is candy-esque. I wish there was a little more oak going on there. There's more wood on the nose than there is uh, on the palate. There is some oak there, though. Or the finish. It actually plays a little thick on, on, on the palate, which is I don't mind at all. I think you're dead on about the apple. I think there's a touch. There's a little bit of a... A little bit of an orchard or maybe a berry thing going on in there. Oh, that'll work for the table. This, uh, a bourbon drinker might find this too sweet. A bourbon drinker might find this overly sweet. But I, oh, I, you could, you could get, you can get in trouble. With now this. I could see where you would want to put this, uh, at least a, a couple of drops of cool water on a cube if you don't want that sweetness. I'm, I'm really digging it neat. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I because, because I love Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation, and it's our job, I will, uh, at the very least, put a couple of drops of cool water in it. But I'm I'm digging it right now as it is. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you love Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation enough to do it. I ain't touching it. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a little bit of everywhere. It's a little, it's, it's, it's like berries and an and apple orchard yeah. in there. As a crazy unique sweetness, and it's and and again, the thickness. There's a thickness going on uh, in 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 the texture and the mouthfeel that really just puts it all together, right? And there's, it, if, am I crazy? There's a like an under underneath. There's like a vanilla cream thing happening. I'm not really noticing that. To me, it's the the apple and that little bit of citrus, and then. Uh, there's the the oak there. I'm not getting the vanilla cream, but there is it. it it's so sweet that I, I could see you coming up with that. Now, fingers Malloy, as we drink this, the Black Saddle Bourbon Whiskey, 12 year. The question is, is this in your liquor cabinet at fifty five dollars a bottle? I think so. I I, I do. Uh, and again, I have to readjust my scale because things keep going up, up, up. But because it's unique, because you don't see it everywhere, if I have some people over, I do think that you're right. As a seasoned bourbon drinker, this may be a little too sweet for them. But I think this would play for most of the table. And I always like finding unique things that people don't see every day. And I've never seen this before. Yeah, I think that somebody who really is into bourbon, really likes bourbon is going to say this doesn't have enough of the bourbon components to really make them happy. If you're looking for something that the whole table can do for dessert, this is it. Yeah. This is it. And at $55, this is definitely it. I'd be very curious to see if a cube does actually bring out some wood, bring out some oak. So I will do it, fingers. Wow. I'll do it for you, Eat eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. (laughs) Eat Drunk. (laughs) Well, enough of this. Maybe. Um, and by the way, you're a man of the people. I mean, between doing this and you went to Red Lobster. I did go to Red Lobster. Should I discuss oh, you, the entirety? You, you really should. That's that's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen, in the radio biz. But you can find the video because I recorded the whole thing. You can find the video at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com of me at Red Lobster. The Black Saddle Bourbon Whiskey, 12-year, 90-proof, $55 a bottle. Sweet. But a good sweet. Sweet that might make you happy. 
Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie extravaganza. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. That's who we are bringing you this show because, well, we're the luckiest people on planet Earth. Drinking the Black Saddle 12-year bourbon and sweet, baby. I haven't moved it to a cube yet. Have you? I, you know what? We have been uh, so engrossed in your Red Lobster story that I forgot to move everything over to... Uh, I, I did cool water. Just did it. You're I going just moved cube. it right to a cube. Right to a cube. Letting it drip right in there. Very, very fruit and berry uh, on this. It was, it was a very easy nose with a little bit of oak. It is sweet. But on the palate, didn't really have that oak, so we're adding some water, adding a cube, seeing what we get to. Took a lot of the sweetness out of it and brought up that spice again. Uh, that spice and sting. That's what it did yeah, for me. Yeah, okay. So the cube, not so much bringing uh, a spice, but mellows out that sweetness a yeah. bit. All right, that's nice. That That is nice. I, I still wish it had more oak. I want that balance, or maybe a little more caramel. Give me that traditional bourbon balance there. but So you feel like even on the cube, the hardcore bourbon drinkers who are looking for more of uh, those oak notes, they may not be excited about I don't this. think you're going to find them at all. Uh, I think it does pick up a little bit of the spice uh, on the cube. I think you're right about that. It is sweet. as Yeah, on the finish. On the finish, it's got a little more spice. Yeah, it's great neat in terms of the sweetness. It's it's a little more complex on the cube, which is very very helpful. And at fifty five dollars a bottle, you don't feel bad about throwing this in the liquor cabinet and giving it a, a go. You really and truly don't. No, and I, again, I really feel like if you were going to go to a party or something and you were going to bring a bottle for everyone, I, I think that this bottle would work. Even though, like you said, maybe if you're a, a bourbon drinker who likes more of an oaky bourbon, this may not be for you. But you drink it, yeah. You know, it's yeah, not no, no. If you, if you like a more classic bourbon taste, this isn't it. This isn't it. If you want to experiment out, this will work. When we talk about good for the table, it's just it's got that sweetness. I'll be like, oh, this is lovely. But as far as more traditional bourbons go, no, it's not. It's interesting. Twelve years and didn't that that oak is really not there. Just I, I always find that kind of fascinating. Yeah, at that price point too, fifty fifty five dollars a bottle. In today's world. Yeah, especially in today's world. I, I think it's a buy. And again, if uh, we are, are making a description that you think to yourself, well, I'd like more of an oaky bourbon, at least try it at your local lounge if they if they have it in stock. It's, it's definitely worth your time. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Very interesting things happening over at Twitter, Tony, uh, including they have been doing some things with their headquarters. They had a, an auction. Yes, and they, I looked at it. Did you? They auctioned off a whole bunch of office supplies, a uh, uh, pizza oven, including a big uh, neon bird sign, the little, the, the little Tweety Bird, whatever they, they, they call it. They had a there. statue that you could get for like $16,000. $16,000. It's, it's in my backyard. You go take a look. <laughs> it is fascinating the, the amount of money that they spent on that headquarters. I mean, they had stuff... Like a kegerator. Uh, so apparently, and I don't know if you've seen any of uh, the videos before uh, all the people were let go that, you know, Twitter employees were proud of that headquarters walking around and the things they could do. They just go up to their coffee bar and make their coffee bar and then go to a, a lounge to relax and talk about projects. It was, it was very, 
new way of thinking as far as a, a an office environment, but maybe a little too cushy. And oh, apparently, the amount of money Twitter spent on all of these the fixtures and the accoutrements, and and what is more amazing, you take a look what Elon Musk has done in removing so much of the workforce, and for those of us who use Twitter, it still works. Yeah. What did these people really do? Well, that's a good question. And it's a question that uh, the people who are now looking for other jobs may have to answer in their next job interview. But it's a fine line, right? You want to create a work environment that people want to work in and be at. I, I remember, you know, in our in our travels, I, I used to go to this one place that was kind of a think tank. And they had a kegerator, and I talked to the guy who, who ran the, the think tank, and he said, yeah, we got a bunch of younger employees, and rather than them leaving in Washington, D.C. to go to a happy hour, they stick around here, have a couple of beers, and you know what? They're at their computer working. So I said, okay, that's smart. I could see doing that. But where does it go overboard to where you've got too many things at the office to where all of a sudden they aren't doing work, they're just hanging out? Everybody, every office that ever purchased a ping pong table then sold a ping pong table. <laughs> ping pong tables for offices are what boats are for you and me. <laughs> Eventually, you will sell it at a loss. Yeah. Ridiculous. Although we are looking for an outdoor ping pong table. That's for the thing? house. Yeah. Oh, they are not cheap. They can handle the weather and everything else. But then you've got the ones that you can bring inside, but they can handle the elements. And that's what we're looking for. I, I didn't Turns even know. Turns out the kids love ping pong. I used to play ping pong all. We had a pool table in the basement, and, and then, then you put you, the top on it. Oh yeah, played ping pong all the time. Still pretty good at it, uh, but I didn't know that outdoor ping pong was a thing with the out because there are outdoor pool tables too. So on ping pong, how do you, <laughs> fac- how do you factor in the wind? You got to play the wind, the elements, the elements. You against man and nature. <laughs> Well, that's what that is right there. There has to be some sort of cable sports channel that covers outdoor ping pong. I thought it was the Ocho. <laughs> I mean, I turned on ESPN a few weeks ago, and they had cornhole. Professional cornhole. Those people are unbelievable. It's, it's amazing. Unreal, that cornhole association. I mean, some of these guys, they get up there, and they just throw it. It's like nothing but net. doesn't even touch the board. just goes... Just goes right into the hole. It's yeah. it's it's simply amazing it's and incredible. and decent money too. What do you mean decent money? It's professional. There's there's prize money on the line, baby. What kind of prize money? Uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Would you call that scratch? Scratch coin, long green. The kids call it. That's the long color. green. <laughs> long green. I don't. I don't believe. I. I I'm pretty you, sure you can find their OnlyFans account. Speaking of long green. Netflix, Tony, is hiring a flight attendant for one of its private jets, and the job pays up to $385,000. Really? Yes. To be a flight attendant? Yes. Uh, they're hiring a primary flight attendant for one of its super mid-sized private jets based out of San Jose, California. And in addition to the responsibilities uh, of a normal flight attendant, such as pre-flight cabin inspections and conducting safety briefings, the new attendant will be responsible for maintaining the stock room, according to the jobless. We're in the wrong business. 385 grand a year for a private jet flight attendant. God bless America. Could think, I do that? Think about that next time you uh, open up Netflix. Right. 
They have a private jet, <laughs> and the flight attendant's getting three eighty-five. That's um, that's something. Yeah, it may be something that someone at Southwest could look at. Uh, Southwest made a big announcement. They're going to spend over $1 billion to invest in their IT systems following that huge holiday travel meltdown. You were traveling during the holidays. I don't know. Just a million? A billion. Oh, okay. Much better. Yeah. A billion. Uh, You were traveling during the holidays. Did you notice at the airport any Southwest passengers uh, upset? We, uh, We, I wasn't on Southwest. A guy got on our flight who had been delayed for two days. Oh, my goodness. Because of Southwest, and this was the third flight he was trying to get on and actually got on the, the, the flight. Got back to the Indianapolis airport. It was a cemetery of luggage. I don't even understand. Did the luggage not go? Did the luggage come back on a different flight? Hundreds of bags just sitting there, just sitting there waiting for somebody to say, oh, that bag looks nice and take it. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, your your travel uh, behavior influence is finally rubbing off on me. I booked my first first class airline ticket this week. I'm very excited. I'm hoping for a hot towel. I want a hot towel, Tony. I know, they don't do hot towels anymore. They don't. No, you also don't get a Sunday like in Seinfeld. <sighs> yeah, you might you might get some peanuts, but I think I'm with you on that flight. Oh, cool. I think I'll be joining you. Of course, I'll be first class. So there is. A tremendous number of job openings. There are. There is. There are a tremendous number of job openings. There you go. And there's also stories about more and more people getting ready to quit their jobs. So how in the world does anybody plan? How does a business even think of growing when it can't find the people? Because the people aren't there, but the jobs are. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Maybe Fingers. That's why Netflix is paying $385,000 for a flight attendant. Got my application in. Oh, good for you. I've got the legs for it. You do. You really and truly do. So uh, let me give you a a back-to-back here. Gen Z and millennials are leading the big quit in 2023. This, according to CNBC, why nearly 70% plan to leave their jobs. It's a staggering amount of people. That is unbelievable. And it has to do with the fact that they want to work on their own terms. And in today's world, you can. Like, for example, content creation. Now, you and I came up as radio people, not as digital people. And we were schmucks. (laughs) The top grossing gamer on YouTube, A4, 7 billion views, $50 million. PewDiePie, who was number 10 on the list, who has the most, or at least at one time had the most subscribers in YouTube history, only made 5.5 million. Mr. Beast, which is a a huge brand, $11 million on YouTube. Now, that's the top 10. There are many people creating content and making 72 cents. But there may very well be tens of thousands of people making 40, 50, 60,000 a year. And if you're doing that, you don't have to answer for a boss. You don't have to wake up when you don't want to wake up. Isn't that the right thing to do? Yes. Yes is the correct answer. And I've advised both my children to go ahead and become content creators. See what happens. Here's the deal. I I do think Gen Z has it right when it comes to making a decision that I don't necessarily want to work in a corporate world, in a corporate setting, 
I want to find something that makes me happy. And they're making the decision while they're young. Maybe they don't have kids. Maybe they aren't married. The time in your life when you're able to take risks and and feel like at least the only person I'm putting in any kind of financial jeopardy or, or is me. That's the time to do it. Do, and 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 to make that decision, I, I just think it's it's smart. I just wonder if there's going to be cold re- cold reality that's going to hit them in the face, which is one thing that we know as content providers. It's unless you get something viral right away, it's a long haul. There will be some of them that it does in the same way. Many people are like, I'm going to play in the NBA, and then no, you're not, because it's not going to work out that way. But are we? You and me, for Eat, Drink, Smoke, we're tripling the amount of digital that we're putting out there. There's going to be more videos from the show. Then we're going to be live streaming the shows. We're going to be adding more content. And we, we've been sketching this out for months to make sure we've got a system that's right. And we've started that process down the road because, well, that's where it is. And I, one of the things we won't do is we won't give up radio because we know that there is a massive audience that's engaged this way because this is the way they want it and 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 radio is a very passive medium it's on in the background while you're doing other things video requires act- action now not all video does because you could have us on in the background because we're talking about things and it's fine but people love love being able to look in when i live stream the radio shows that i do they adore it and it's kind of amazing people want to watch it happen and I was so wrong about that. I mean, you go back to if we're, we're let's just use conservative talk radio for a second. Back in the day when Rush Limbaugh first started his Rush Cam, I thought to myself, why would anybody want to just see somebody talking on the radio? And that the popularity of that absolutely exploded. And it's because people want a look behind the scenes. They want to see how you you make the sausage. They want they to really be a do. part of it. He was so right that the other part of it is the big one. They want to be a part of it. Yeah, they want to be connected, and I get that, and that makes perfect, perfect sense. And we want more and more people connected to what it is we're doing and what it is that we're creating. That's why we're going to be doing more live episodes. People are going to be able to come out and be a part of the studio audience and and drink along with us and and, and everything else. So it's there. There's a lot there, and it, it has to do with how much you want to connect. And one of the things I've decided is that I want to connect a lot. Give me a smaller audience that wants to be a part of this thing. You don't have to be worldwide. That's not where it's at. Where are your people who want to be a part of something and want to share in it and want to experience it and want to support it and grow it? That's what matters. Well, and that's why I think it's, it's so important for us that we you know move the show over uh, you know the website over to locals and we're building a community there and I know it sounds kind of new agey to say but it goes back to what you're saying about you know building a community having people be involved and you know also having to realize what what big tech is doing nowadays especially when it comes to premium cigar content where they they may want to demonetize some of the stuff that's a real doing. issue real issue for us which is why we're on locals go to eatdrinksmokeshow.com and join it's free you can be a subscriber we'd greatly appreciate it appreciate the support eatdrinksmokeshow.com that's what we're building there building out this community and we're we're looking to other content creators so we can share their stuff as well it matters to us greatly while that's happening there is still hiring going on there's nobody to fill the jobs these are the 10 fastest growing jobs in the u.s right now according to cnbc 
head of revenue operations, overseeing all aspects of an organization's revenue generating activities, often working closely with sales and marketing teams to ensure go-to-market strategies, support business goals, and revenue growth. Salary range, 70000 to 300000 a year. But the top hiring locations are San Francisco, New York, and Los Angeles, which means you'll be left with $7. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it basically head of sales? Are we rebranding some of these jobs? Oh, you better bet your sweet babippy we are. Yeah. I don't know what your babippy is, but you better bet it. One of the jobs that's hiring, they're looking for people left and right, truck drivers. Fifty-three to 120000 a year. The value of being a truck driver is that you could do other things. Like, for example, content creation. You're not kidding. You can do that while doing this. So you know you've got dollars coming in. You may be somebody who likes driving and likes that world. And then you can do the other thing and build it up. I've seen people that do that. And it's another thing where... Uh, People want to see what that lifestyle is like. So between the, the truck driver lifestyle, but then also if you're one of these people that goes uh, through multi-states, you know, the places that you can film, it's, a, it's content creation is a great side gig for a truck driver. Employee experience manager. Is that, I'm speculating, is that the person that brings in the kegerator and the ping pong table? It should be. It should be, but you get fired for bringing in the ping pong table. <laughs> uh, overseas processes that support employee engagement, well-being, and development within an organization could include training programs and mentoring initiatives. Fifty-five to one hundred twenty-five thousand a year. New York City, San Francisco, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, the top hiring locations, which means you're still living at home. You know the one thing that's not being mentioned in this. What? What are the education requirements for these jobs? Are people are, are they getting so desperate for people now that a lot of these uh, businesses are saying, okay, you don't need a college degree anymore? So many people are saying you don't need a college degree. You need to show up on time, <laughs> and you need to be decent, and you need to have some set of skills. Certificates, boot camps, college? You're, we are now living in the age where we will see colleges go under. They, they won't have the people. They won't have the dollars. They won't be able to do it. And the, the, the day and age where you get hired in at one company and you stay there your entire career, that's, that's out the window. 1,000% over. The Black Saddle Bourbon Whiskey, 12-year, 90 proof on the cube. All right. Fingers likes it. With a little bit of water, adds a little more spice, brings down that sweetness. And the Big Sky Cigar Bitterroot. In the second third... It is mellowed nicely. $10 a stick. You can't have it if, it if you've just started. You're somebody who smokes? Give it a go and tell us what you think. I happen to like the Big Sky people. I like what they are making. Find it all at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. That's where you find everything. Join. It's free. Become a subscriber. We'd appreciate it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media. On Twitter, at GoEatDrinkSmoke. On Facebook, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke, and Instagram at eat, drink, smoke podcast.